Hello, channel pros. Welcome back to the Channel Journeys podcast. I am Rob Spee, your cycling, sailing, and partner ecosystem fanatic and your host of Channel Journeys. This is episode 127, landing on a very special week here in the United States. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving Day. That is our national holiday where we give thanks for all our blessings and eat far too much turkey, mashed potatoes and stuffing and all the rest. I am thankful for you, all my listeners. I'm thankful for all the great guests who have come on the show. And today I have two great guests. They have been the dynamic duo on LinkedIn. You've probably seen posts of them together and on their own, promoting the partner ecosystem and touring around the globe to meet with partner managers and partnership leaders. Asher Matthew, he is the CEO of Partnership Leaders, an awesome online community of partner managers and the host of the annual Catalyst Conference. Chip Rogers is the chief partner officer at Workspan and a full-on evangelist of the partner ecosystem. If you want to know what's going on around the globe with partner ecosystems, what people are struggling with, these are the guys to ask. And that's exactly what you're going to learn on today's show. Before we dive into my conversation with Asher and Chip, I want to give a shout out to Impartner, the sponsor of Channel Journeys. Building a partner ecosystem requires a powerful partner management solution. With a global user base of over 4 million partners, Impartner is recognized as a global leading provider of partner management technologies. Their platform is built around best practices and sophisticated automation that enables partner teams like yours to quickly move from program operations to maximum time to value through partnerships. They offer a key ingredient for growth. Impartner is also host of an annual event. It's called ImpartnerCon. I attended this year's event in Salt Lake City and learned a ton. Next year for ImpartnerCon 24, the theme is Multiply. This is a must-attend B2B conference for partner and channel leaders. It's taking place from February 5th through 7th at the JW Marriott Marquis in sunny Miami. You'll gain VIP access to today's partner leaders, tomorrow's business partnerships, and equip yourself with the knowledge and connections you need for multiplied success. I'm going to be there on stage with my CRO along with some other amazing speakers. I can't wait. Hope to see you there too. All right. Are you ready to hear what's happening with partner ecosystems around the globe? Let's go. Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hey, Chip and Asher, good morning. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. Thanks for having Rob, us. Rob, how are you? Thanks for having us. I am doing great, and this is a little bit different because normally I have just one guest, but this time I get the, the dynamic duo, Chip and Asher. And starting with that, you guys are, have been together a lot on the internet. We see great posts from you two on LinkedIn. You guys did a world tour together. So how did you meet and get started working together like this? It's actually an interesting story. I think, Asher, why don't you tell it? We Go ahead, go ahead. Take start, a stab well, at it, right. and then we'll do a version <laughs> testing, you know, like which version is the right version? That's right. <laughs> Let's hear Chip's version. Yeah, so we Workspan started a, a set of events, uh, ecosystem business summits back in, I think, 2017, 2018, something like that. And we had one at it started, they were live events before COVID, and yep. we had one at, at our Series B funder, Mayfield, offices on uh, Sand Hill Road, and Asher joined, and, and actually, I found, I found pictures 
Yeah. <laughs> proof from some old pictures from the event. So we've been at it since then. That's where it all started. I went in and I'm like, wow, there's a whole group of people that are meeting to discuss partnerships. And then that's how we started. I just stayed in touch. And then the world tour, we started seeing posts pop up. You guys were like out in Australia or in Europe together. How did that come about? And what was, what was that mission? So we basically said, let's confuse the world and to think like Chip works for partnership leaders and Asher works for Workspan and let's do something <laughs> around it. It'll be great. You know, <laughs> on a serious note, I went full time in, on partnership leaders in sometime in January this year. And then the thought process behind the tours was let's really understand what partner people are struggling with around the world and then build the resources for them so we can elevate everybody. And the best way to do that is to get in market and on the ground and spend time with people, connect with them multiple times so you really unpack the struggles. Because somebody will say, hey, my company is not listening to partner influence. Well, that's the problem. There is a lot to unpack behind it, right? So that was the idea behind it. And then Chip was just super gracious to like join me on this. And Chip just went along for the ride. It sounded like a good adventure. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> for video opportunity, let's do it. You know, it was, it was actually great because like Chip brought experience from the enterprise world. And so we actually were able to span SMB, mid-market and enterprise level discussions and conversations throughout the tour, which was incredible. So it was a research mission, Asher, it sounds like, to get more data of how you can better serve your customers. Yeah, and the market together, right? Because partnership leaders focuses on the people and process side of the equation, and then Workspan focuses on the technology and data side of the equation, and the people, process, technology, data come together to uplift a function. And so my goal was, let's go work, uh, learn more, and I want to go focus on the people and process side, and then we should be giving information back to Workspan, the technology and data side, and then Workspan working with their customers and the people that are finding success should be giving information back to me so that I can build better people and process enablement. It's a flywheel. And a lot of people don't realize this, but we've been building a go-to-market now for 10 months. Yeah, that's really interesting. So the first stop was Australia. Was that the first tour? Yeah, we were in, we went to Sydney and then Melbourne and, well, Sydney, Melbourne, Gold Coast, Brisbane, and actually Chris stopped in Adelaide as well. Adelaide, yeah. 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 And Auckland too, you know, so like so Chris Auckland, had, yeah. came, went in earlier. And so yeah. we were literally, the only place of note that I think we skipped was Perth this time around, but we we'll probably on catch Coast. it on the, on the, on the next, next trip. But between Sydney and Melbourne, I think we caught a lot of the, the, the tech companies. And then in the other cities, we caught a lot of the agencies and, and we actually ended up meeting with Kindrel in, uh, it was in Melbourne chip or it was in Melbourne. Yeah. In Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, that was pretty cool to yeah, do that. And they sat us down they're, and they're, they walked us through and they said, look, we have 130,000 people. And then we're like enabling them as a startup. And then they're having problems of lead routing, which is what I was solving at lean data back in the day. So we're talking like they literally are a large startup and their problems are no different than some of the fast growing startups. What were some of the findings that you took away from that Australian tour, other than maybe they have great wine, maybe it may have sampled? <laughs> it was amazing that a lot of the problems that uh, and challenges that we all face and are working on are 
you know, common issues everywhere. And so that was a learning, number one. Number two, it was just, it was this great community of, we had a couple of folks that are in the community and already, you know, in market and really helping sort of bring the passion of the community together. And, yep. and they were kind of the leads. So Des Russell and and Brian Williams were fantastic sort of helping, you know, guide where, you know, where, how do we get, bring people together? How do we, you know, do all this? And it was great, just great to get people together. We had around, I think around close to a hundred in Sydney and maybe 50, something like that in Melbourne. And yeah, uh, I think, and, I think overall 600 or 700 people went through the tours, like both tours. So it's akin to a catalyst where this year we had 700 people. Were these set up as mini Catalyst events or how, how did you set them up? They weren't set up as mini Catalyst events yet. Right? They were set up more to increase connection because a community is built on connections. And so, and if you want depth in your relationships, you need to connect multiple times over a long period of time, right? Because that's like how we all go from acquaintances to friends, right? Uh, right. So we see each other at church or we see each other at the grocery store. Or we see each other at a golf course. We see each other at hiking. Like our kids go to school together, right? Like So we said, let's go support Brian and Des, who, by the way, were at last year's Catalyst and said, we really need to bring PL and start creating the global community now. And so, so we went to support, primarily support them. What we found, which to answer your primary question, is 80-85% of the problems are the same. The local language, the local laws, the taxation rules, like those things complicate partnerships, as we all know. But the other piece that was very interesting is people are listening to how they should do partnerships from a lot of people and like confusing concepts, right? Something as simple as an ecosystem, which in my humble opinion, just means like bring multiple partner types together and unlock value for the customer. Mm -hmm. Like there was like 17 different definitions, right? People are focused on like vanity metrics and this and that. I mean, it, it was just interesting, right? And so like, to me, we actually started, Chip and I actually on our plane rides, we're like talking about like, what's the framework for success, right? The framework for success is you would research and develop your partners, like just like you research and develop a product. Then you would focus on revenue. Then you would focus on repeatability. Then you would focus on rigor. Then you would focus on respect in the market, which is brand. Then you would focus on resilience because everybody's going to have a tough time. The partner's always going to point fingers at you. And so there is a framework already in place and it works. And so why are we confusing things when something's already working? We, why don't we just double click and say, how do we now celebrate successes and failures and that, I think, was my biggest takeaway from this tour, the other tour as well. And it helped shape the strategy for Catalyst this year. Interesting. So there was confusion and many different definitions of ecosystem. Chip, from your perspective, and you talk a lot about the ecosystem, I use the WorkSpan ecosystem maturity model. I used it this morning on our partner advisory board. So it's a great framework for having that conversation of what the ecosystem looks like and where it can take you. Did you feel like in Australia, they were as mature as other markets on that thinking? You know, I think it varies. And I think it varies he here in each geography. So you can find companies that I don't know that it's so much by geography as much as by company, company and yeah, companies that are you know advanced farther along and some that are still learning. One of the things that that was really I really enjoyed about the and we did this in in Australia, but then also repeated it in Europe as well is. We reached out to people that had 
signed up for the events and said, hey, we're going to be available. We'll be available, you know, sort of on the shoulders of, you know, mornings and afternoon and the next day, the day before for one-on-one meetings. And we had a lot of one-on-one meetings, partner folks in in the region. And so you get a lot more sort of in-depth kind of conversation and really get to learn about what's what's working and where they're having challenges. That's fun. You know, you and I, before the show, we're talking about my sailing trip. And one of the most fun things to do on sailing trips for me is meeting the locals and just, you know, just the, the different types of people you get to meet. And you get such a good flavor of, of life on the island. Well, let's not leave the audience hanging. Tell us about your, about your sailing trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to do a podcast on this. Okay, like a whole th- okay, great. <laughs> yeah, the whole Christmas special. It's going to be like partnerships episode where the ships is like capital. Ships. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, partnerships. There we go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, we went sailing in the Grenadines, which is a bucket list for me. Been wanting ever since I started sailing. You read about the Grenadines in all the sailing magazines and Tobago Keys and Kenawan and all of that and the Spice Islands and yeah, it was fantastic. We had a great time. That's amazing. But. Back to your trip. So from Australia, you came back and then you did a European tour. Where all did you go in in Europe? So we started in Paris and then uh, traveled over to, took the channel, the train (laughs) over to London, had uh, a day, fantastic event in, in London, and then took a train up to Manchester. And then we were planning to fly down. Well, then we flew to Amsterdam ended in in Berlin. And we had adventures along the way. There were like Amsterdam, there was a windstorm that came through that yep. caused all sorts of travel problems. <laughs> but we managed to get into Berlin at the right time and all that. So that's quite a tour. Yeah, it was over two weeks, people so were was... jealous. They're like, are you on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all you missed was the Riviera. You should have thrown that in there. <laughs> okay, note to self for 2024, <laughs> add in Riviera and call it the PL vacation package. <laughs> exactly. Maybe uh, the Greek islands too. I'm sure there's some partnerships there. It's funny you say that because the Alexi, who is the PL or the original PL regional lead for Europe, has been talking about doing something in Greece for two years now. Like when I first met him in Philadelphia, the first thing he said, exec offsite in Greece. Like, okay, you know, like we, we probably need to like start a little smaller and then kind of make our, make our way there. But that's a great recommendation. Well, it's on my bucket list for sailing too. So we need some partnerships and totally where some people yeah. can sail with you and the others can fly. That's what we do. And then some people can just, oh, I was going to say drive, but then you would have like air travel and road travel and water travel, you know, so. Greece and Somehow we build that into the catalyst event. Totally. Greece and, and Croatia. <laughs> So in Europe, any other findings that, that you noticed in, in traveling around? Similar, just, you know, finding, you know, again, learnings within each of the markets and connecting to people. And, and I mean, it's so, I think you touched on it, Rob, a little bit, but it's so important, I think, to, to show up and meet people face to face. And yeah, it's been, especially with COVID, it's been tough to, tough to do that. And so I think it, it makes, it's a real, it's really, a, it makes such a difference when you're, meeting face-to-face, shake hands, have a meal. And it's it was just great to really get to know so many folks that I still, you know, feel connected. I see them post things on LinkedIn. And I'm like, you know, oh, you know, what's happening? How, you know, you just really feel like a, a, an Chip emotional became mega partnerships influencer after the show. <laughs> it's great. We're like, Chip is getting more impressions than I'm getting. What the heck? You know? <laughs> it was all those 
great posts of you too, like in every scenic location. So, you know, the, the well, other interesting piece as you, as we are double clicking on this is a lot of the events, at least in the major cities, they were the largest partnerships events in those cities, which is interesting if you think about it because there have been communities before us and for sure there'll be communities after us and there's organizations that support partnerships before us and there'll be organizations that support partnerships after us but to have these like modern feeling high energy events where people come in and they leave inspired then they go take risks and then they elevate themselves like i literally my reflection for this year is like why was this not happening before well what do you know, Asher, what is the secret ingredient? We're going to get into Catalyst too, which was a huge success. You guys really seem to be doing something special. And and do you know what it is? What What is that different ingredient? Yeah. So the secret sauce to Cat, uh, to, to PL is really that the company is being built by three co-founders who have domain expertise and domain connections. And history will tell you that when you have co-founders that have domain experience and domain connections, they've more often than not succeeded. You know, if you look at Frank Slootman, Frank Slootman has been serving CIOs since he was a kid. A lot of those CIOs were just engineers. And then their CIOs, now he single-handedly helped a lot of those people become CIOs, right? The PeopleSoft guy, Neil Bushri and those guys, like they helped with, with accountants, CFOs and stuff. And so, so we, like, we look at PL as something that we would buy. And if it doesn't past the we would buy test, then we're like nobody else would buy. And I'll give you a stat right now. I mean, this is uh, open to share publicly, but we started 20% of our members bought their memberships by on their own. Right now, it's over 50% of our members buy memberships themselves out of their own. Not reimbursed by the company. It's out of their own pocket. Not reimbursed by the company. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge, isn't it? Yeah, and it's 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 uh, and Chris was at in Toronto, and there were people standing up in Toronto and saying, "You need to go invest in yourselves and up level yourself." And so, I don't want to say like we are geniuses because like all of this, everything that happens in tech or in the world is something that is a product of a macro change or macro trend. And so, COVID helped us start connecting people, and then this whole move to efficiency in companies is now helping us up-level and uplift the, the function. My hypothesis is, and this is kind of what I've seen through the four startups that I've been at, that have, some of them have exited and one of them is still waiting, which I'm hoping like actually does something so my wife can be really happy. <laughs> but if a company actually rides three macro trends, they can fulfill their mission pretty well. I think I would also say just sort of the outside-in perspective, I would add, I think, Asher, you've said it well, but I would also add that I think Asher, Chris, and Ty are all personally involved uh, daily and hourly, <laughs> you know, uh, in the community, connecting with people, sharing information, pointing out conversations that are taking place. They're very uh, actively engaged with everyone, and it's a, that's a real personal thing and personal commitment. That's not easy. And then the other thing is, I think the sort of the attention to quality for all of the programming. So, you know, the Catalyst event, even starting in Miami, but then in Denver, really high quality event. And the team that you've assembled, Asher, I think is, is are also just really... And, uh, and our partners people, like Workspan, like so. right? Like if you think about it, that framework that I shared earlier on the podcast is just a framework of how to think. Now you have to make it real, right? And so... When we were traveling on these tours, one of the big questions Chip and I were discussing pretty much in every flight is like, what is co-sell? 
And what is the market opportunity for Cosell? And then we had all these discussions in the field. And then when we landed, and I, this is going to be one of my favorite memories of the year, is we are waiting for our wives to pick us up from SFO. And Chip and I are like, and I go to Chip and say, I completely see it. Like Cosell and the opportunity around bringing multiple partner types together and operationalizing that, that's where the action layer is. And so account mapping brought us so far and the data layer is awesome. And I've built a data company before, so I understand this piece, but the action layer is really important. And we're going to get to the insight layer after this, when we start leveraging AI and data teams to help us understand what the propensity to partner or propensity to buy through a partner and all these things, they, they will come out, right? And so that part of the journey where we workshopped the value proposition over and over and over again together, I, it was special. I think, Asher, that that co-selling with multiple partners working together in an orchestrated fashion, to me, that's the difference of the ecosystem today. Yes, yeah. totally, totally. Right. We always had a reseller, a delivery partner, an SI, but we weren't intentionally getting them working together in the account to solve and meet that buyer's journey. And it used to be easier, I think, you know, you know, for many years you've had so SAP working with Accenture, right? And then going and doing something or Oracle working with, you know, Wipro or or Deloitte, you know, and those sort of one on one kinds of things. But today it's so much more complicated because you also have the cloud provider involved. And it's not just one technology, one ISV, it's multiple ISVs because everything's in the cloud and it's easy to make these technical connections, but it's hard to get the businesses to to work in lockstep and get the sales teams connected because everybody's got their own deal, Yeah. right? Everybody's got their own thing that they're working on, but how do you make sure that everybody's connected and, and aligned so that you can close this whole concept, this whole solution? Yeah, exactly. I'll give you three different examples. So... I went to HubSpot's partner day. They talked about their solution partners and their app partners. And those two groups are learning how to work together. That's an ecosystem maturing. Yeah. Right? Now, the previous definition of ecosystem was, it's HubSpot, they have a lot of customers, let's go build an integration. That was one stage of the ecosystem maturing, right? Then you go to Avalara, for example, right? Avalara has tech partners, they have bookkeepers, they have resellers and all those three have to come together, right? Let's take a different example. You take Apple. Apple has a consultants network. Those people are yelling and screaming for more customers. The customers sit in the app store team with all of the apps. And so those two functions have to come together. A new generation partner leader has to rise up and lead this transformation. I'm like, I mean, this is going to sound very controversial. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some hate mail from it. But a channel chief who is specialized in a channel is not going to be able to do this. Yeah, I agree. You can't be single-threaded. Yeah, you mm -hmm. have to have a new enterprise leader or we have to elevate the current leaders to really an enterprise leadership role and provide the ability to have a corporate function and a single line of decision-making so that the chief partner officer, as we're calling it. And again, I didn't come up with this. Microsoft and all these other companies came up with this and we're running with it. But these people have to own the narrative around buy, build, and part, right? And then co-selling, co-marketing, co-building are the jobs to be done underneath that, right? And co-innovation, taking it another level. 
But the buy, build, and partner decision is the corporate decision, right? The co-selling, co-marketing is like a functional decision, right? The, those metrics can always be improved, right? But the buy, build, and partner decision is where the chief strategy officer comes in, the CFO comes in, the CEO needs to be bought in, the other leaders need to be bought in, right? So like now you have to figure out a different level and type of stakeholder alignment. But if you do that, you can unlock all this ecosystem value and make this decorative ecosystem, as we're all calling it, real. Yeah. And I think it boils all the way down to the front line. What we're talking about at Beyond Trust is our channel managers, that has a transactional resell connotation to it. So we need to upskill, up-level them to be really proactive ecosystem partner managers, right? Just like upskilling the channel chief. Totally. Yeah. And, and it's okay. Like, like, and we don't have to do things. Sometimes we like get, get like, and again, this is purely my opinion. So you both can like, like educate me on this one. Cause this is a little podcast, but like the channel teams just need to learn how to work with multiple partner types and multiple channel partners in the same deal. Right. That's the point. Yeah. Just yeah. did that. You don't have to teach them integrations, right? Because like, we're going to get into a world very quickly here. Where we're like, hey, let's take the channel teams and let's teach them integrations and let's take the integration teams and let's teach them sales and marketing. And what that leads us is disaster. Yeah, I, we're not ready for that. I don't know if we ever will be, but we're not ready for that. All right, let's talk Catalyst. So Denver was Catalyst number two? Denver was Catalyst number two, yes. First one was in Miami. First one was in Miami. So can you talk numbers like size of Miami versus Denver? So we had 420 people in... Miami, and we had 674 people in, to be exact, in Denver. Mm -hmm. And to give people a little bit of backdrop, you know, like in March, while we were on these tours, partnership leaders also banked with SVB for some reason that I don't know. <laughs> and when I asked the question, the, the answer was, well, we did it because everybody else does it. So I'm like, okay, well, we're not a venture back company. We actually don't need to do that. But we went through a phase of there's probably no catalyst. There's probably also no partnership leaders, right? So, and these are like the, the, the stories that like people tell when they write their books. And I'm like- You had a few sleepless nights. Oh, totally. I actually got up and went to an SVP branch to confirm that it's a real thing. And when I went there- So, so you were, were one of those people in line that they showed in all the- Totally, totally, totally. totally, totally. I'm like, well, is this even a real bank? And then they were like, well, nobody ever verified. And so- where I'm in line, there's 47 other people in line, CEOs, founders, board members, investors, all in line. It's probably the best Silicon Valley meetup ever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but you could just see people were like, and it, it's interesting that the company that we used to put on Catalyst, uh, Zuttle, the Zuttle CEO was there with me as well. And I literally remember in the after, like once we're done with the bank, because they told us that you can't act, do anything. And so we, uh, about, about the cash, we went back and said, well, you don't have a company and I don't have a company. So maybe we should think about a different company, you know, cause like now we're unemployable because we've already said that we're, we want to go down this entrepreneur path. So from there to Catalyst, where it was incredible, that was one story. And then the, the next story was after we came back from all the tours, like Nirav, who is Chip's colleague, has this passion of really aligning and unlocking ecosystem value, right? And he's like, you know, there's no place for enterprise partner leaders to meet. And I'm like, agreed. You know, like if you wanted to have like 700 enterprise partner leaders go, like there is no conference today that exists for, for specifically people from multiple partner types at that level who want to become C-suite executives that I don't believe exists today. 
So Chip, me, Ahmed, and Nirav got in a room and said, well, what should we do? And then that's where the Enterprise Summit idea was born. And so the, all this stuff is happening. And then we designed the Enterprise Summit as well. And then we're super grateful that Greg Serafin and Akbar Hussain and... Jen Gusky. Uh, yeah, Jen from Husky SAP. from SAP, Harriet from Kindrel. Josh Green from AWS. Yeah, and then, and then Chris Casey was also also there with us. So like all these companies showed up and like companies like Salesforce and HubSpot sponsored. And so now you're like, wait, you have a different level of company sponsoring an event. And like, like Salesforce and HubSpot, they don't need to sponsor like Catalyst. Like they have, they're like, we have our own thing going on, right? And like they sponsored something two weeks before their own thing, right? And so clearly... They elevating this function and this role is on a lot of companies' minds. And now I believe the opportunity is for the people in this role to realize and internalize the opportunity in front of them and go take it. You know, like the other other functions are not going to say, hey, let's go set up a chief partner officer meeting and go do this, right? Like the CROs didn't do that. They said, we want a CRO role. We want to align revenue. It's too complicated. The CEO's like, brilliant idea because I don't want to deal with it either. Boom, zero. That's fascinating. Was that the key theme of, of Catalyst or just the leader, the, the enterprise leader session that you had? So it became, interestingly, the key theme of Catalyst because executive challenges, stakeholder alignment, and securing investment were the top three priorities, literally from the, day, at the time that the, the conference started. Yeah. And like those are C-suite level or like executive leader level problems. And then over the weekend before Catalyst, <laughs> you know, like there was the, so we have our community, it runs at Slack, but then there was an unofficial community that started in WhatsApp and the folks in WhatsApp were, were started rallying around the CPO concept. And they said, actually, you know what? We do want this role. And so they made shirts. And they made shirts that said CPO loading, which is basically signaling that this is a future CPO. I saw you guys in those shirts. It, it, was, it was incredible because you think about now your people are like, we are internalizing a new identity. Now we have to realize the new identity. And so then Greg and, and Abed and like all the other people like Josh Green and Anna Conan and like Gotham and all these people that presented they were serious partner people. Like in Miami, we had the partnerships is cool crowd, but like this time around, this was like, we want to elevate ourselves as leaders and we're showing up at Catalyst. This is our conference. And I think two or three companies had their leadership offsites right after Catalyst there. You know, I think this is helping to, we used to always laugh and joke that Channels was the redheaded stepchild, right? And because it was a bit off on its own and thought of as a, an adjunct to the business, but not integrated, interwoven into the business. And I don't sense that at all you know, in my role at Beyond Trust. We're just so part of the company strategy now. It has to be that way. I mean, I think that's, I think it's critical that, which is part of that story, right? It's like chief partner officer is, it's not something that's reporting. It's a, it's a, it's a first class part of the business, right? It's a, it's a business function on its own and it, and it's driving revenue, driving innovation, driving value for customers. And, and it needs to be a board level, you know, topic. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's jump to the future. What's coming next for this dynamic duo partnership, the Chip and Asher show, and for your firms uh, together and combined and what you're doing together? Chip, you want to start? 
Well, you know, we'll see. We're putting plans together for 24 as we speak right now. And so plans for another world tour, you know, we'll TBD. Well, I mean, we'll to be announced. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to spill the beans on channel journeys yet. <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> we'll do another podcast uh, just to be like, here's the announcement podcast. You know, for, for yeah. <laughs> the reality is we have to go through Q4 and understand the conditions that we are going to face as we launch 2024, right? And the world tour did not take like seven months of planning. It took two weeks of planning. We were agile enough, really wanted to get it done. We booked locations, we booked tickets, and we said, we're going to go do it, right? But the reason for the world tour was to understand what it takes around the world to up-level and elevate partnerships. Right now, we, as in partnership leaders, already has local or have local leaders who can elevate their regions. We need to enable them, right? Chip, by moving from marketing to the CPO role, is showing that you can own one function at the executive level and learn a new function with the help of a community, right? And so these constructs that we have in our mind around executives not being able to rotate like, is like an archaic concept, right? So now in 2024, we have to narrow in on successes and narrow in on failures. And we should be proud to talk about our successes and proud to share the data around our failures. Marketing has been talking about the failure of attribution for at least 15 years. It's all over LinkedIn, right? So my encouragement to people listening- still hasn't been solved. Yeah, so it still hasn't been solved, right? <laughs> so my encouragement to everybody who's listening to this podcast is let's start focusing on numbers that help all of us dial in our function better so that when an executive from another team meets us at, the, let's call it the proverbial water cooler, and they say, hey, you did this partner marketing campaign with like seven partners. What was your reg to attendance ratio? We should know that, right? We say when and or we say, hey, we had three partners in a deal, and we had four partners in a deal. What's the difference in sales velocity? We should know that, right? And when you know these ratios, then we'll be able to not start benchmarking even better, and we'll start moving the conversation from this arts thing where all the answers are it depends to a science thing. Now I realize it's not a science even for sales and marketing, but it has to be some science for partnerships. Yeah. And Chip, I hope you guys are providing technology to do this because it's challenging. You know, it could be. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, the relationship. that's what I'm saying. Like, like companies should build the go-to-markets mm -hmm. with, like actually not build partnerships, but actually build go-to-markets with communities and then convert the community in a platform. And then the community converts the technology company to a platform by building on top of it. And then you have a platform for success. And to Asher's point, uh, you know, taking it a little bit seriously in order to look at some of the, that data and look at those results and have and analyze it and have reports on that, you need to have the data, right? There needs to be data in one place where as you take the steps along the way of, your, of the co-sell opportunities where both companies are coming together, that you've got a, a place to collect all that information and then report on it right, in a database. Yeah. Well, to me, that'd be a great topic for another round of, of interviews is just the whole the analytics and numbers behind it. You know, we're, we're all challenged with that and trying to find the right metrics that really matter. 
Well, and yeah. also it, it, it even applies to our previous conversation. Like if you can't prove the value of what it is that you're delivering as a leader, then you don't, right? You don't deserve that, the, the seat at the table, right? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. All right, guys. Well, we need to start wrapping it up. One of the things I love to find out is about more of the, the personal side too of, of what you guys enjoy doing. I talked about sailing. What are your passions with some of the uh, adventures you like to go on outside of channel journeys? Rob, you and I joined uh, before we started. I, I said, I'm going to make you jealous because I was just on a Swan 65 <laughs> in uh, San Francisco Bay. So I love sailing as well. And I'm jealous of all of your travels. Actually, my wife and I did, took our honeymoon in the British Virgin Islands. And so it's been a part of our lives. We take our daughter down there many, many times. And uh, it's just wonderful sailing and, you know, bareboat charter and go from island to island and love that. So. I do think, Asher, we need to figure out a partnership leaders cruise. <laughs> so the very first catalyst was supposed to be on a cruise ship. And we said, actually, no, that's a bad, that's a horrible idea for the first one. So we did it in Miami. So we're like, oh, it's close enough. This yeah. is just on the ship. But what would be awesome is we could do a sailing trip or even a fishing trip. I don't know if you gentlemen have ever been to or boated on the Rogue River, which is a very popular fishing trip uh, that a lot of a lot of executives actually go to it. And it's a three-day trip where you camp and there's like three-star lodges. So you, it's not like really camping, right? But but it's an amazing, amazing trip. And so we, we should do things like that. That's where the experiences piece of PL will actually unlock some of these opportunities. I hope so, Asher. Is, is fishing one of your passions? It is. It is. I would love to do it. And I used to go on this trip every summer for like, I think four or five summers in a row. And then we had kids. So I had to like support my wife because I, I love my <laughs> wife more than fishing. But right now, like seriously, all my energy is in, in PL because, you know, there's the professional side of PL, but then there's the personal side of PL that people are just starting to unlock. Like people meet for like pizza get togethers, like people meet for like wine social, like there's all this stuff happening right like now. And so the personal side of PL is just starting to blossom and people are trading like playlists and stuff like that. So it's like you just sign up for PL and it's like everything's there, right? So and obviously I'm the CEO, so I have to say it, but I also live it because it's, it's like where I find the most joy. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys know Louise McAvoy at Trend Micro, and she does these she summits, you know, with, with women in technology, hiking 14ers up in Breckenridge and, you know, similar concept of what you're talking about. And, I, and I've... I've had that in the back of my mind. That's something we need to put together, you know, like the, the CPO's fishing excursion or sailing excursion or whatever. Because like you were said, at the, Asher, it's the relationships. And you think about the, the bonding that you can do and the just work conversations, life conversations, you know, what a great opportunity. And, yeah. and at Catalyst, by the way, this year we did have people went ziplining, people went on road tours, people went hiking, some people went top golfing. And so next year when we do Catalyst, we're going to have like activities and excursions on both sides of the conference. So if people want if people want to take advantage of that before the conference starts or after the conference starts, they'll have options. Well, I got to make it next year. I missed this Denver one. So I got to sign up next year for sure. Guys, thank you so much. This has been a fun conversation. Really enjoyed hearing some of the backstories as well. Best of luck to both of you. And can't wait to hear what the, the tour plans are and catalyst plans are for next year. Yeah. Thank you for yeah, having us. Could be the start of a trend, Rob. Now you'll have two, two guests <laughs> for, from now on. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you guys, this has been fun. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank you, Rob. It was great. Bye. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends and be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.
All right, guys, there you have it. So much fun chatting with Asher and Chip. I love their energy and enthusiasm for the ecosystem. Together, they're covering people, process, and technology. It's not surprising to hear that our counterparts around the globe are facing the same ecosystem challenges and opportunities that we are. For all of today's show notes and links, go to channeljourneys.com cj127. You can subscribe to Channel Journeys while you're there so you don't miss an episode. And be sure to check out our sponsor, Impartner, at impartner.com. Also take a look at the agenda for ImpartnerCon24. They have got a great lineup. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I have so much to be thankful for. I want to give thanks to you, my Channel Journeys listeners. Thanks to my entire Beyond Trust team. Thanks to all my channel friends. And I'm thankful to God above all. This year, I am memorizing Psalm 100. It's a wonderful Psalm of Thanksgiving, and I, I encourage you to look it up. Next episode, I have another wonderful guest. She will be sharing how you can be a better vendor to your partners. You don't want to miss it. Until then, have an awesome channel journey.